Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for October 2nd, 2019. I'm Michael Obeyer, and I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we strive to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, which plan is to bring people into governance for a new government he will set up in the time to come. Before we go any further, I would like to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification icon, the bell at the bottom of your screen so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos, which we do daily. I'd like to encourage you to go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple, and support us. Okay, um, what we'd like to discuss today is the turmoil that's taking place within countries all over the world, um, from Asia to Europe, to the Americas, to Africa. There seems to be nonstop, consistent agitation by young, old, and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. There doesn't seem to be any coordination. What people are agitating for are as different as the places are different. There is no cohesiveness in what they're agitating for. Here at Emerging Temple, we want to shine the light on the operations of the Antichrist because we are convinced that he has already began his work and that he represents the, the, the secret thread that connects all these things together and an understanding of what scripture has foretold us about his operations will equip you and I to be able to handle ourselves and handle circumstances and situations that will arise as time goes on. Before I go any further, I want to talk a little bit about the Hong Kong protests that have been going on now subtly for no less than five years. And um, it's important for us to understand the history of Hong Kong. Hong Kong historically has always been a part of China for hundreds of years. And um, when the British um, and other European powers ruled Asia, Hong Kong was one of the last provinces of China that the British never gave back to the Chinese. But Hong Kong became a, a, a paradise, so to speak, a, a financial paradise, became of great value to the colonial powers. And sometime in the late 90s, the Chinese and the British government came to an understanding that Hong Kong needed to return to China, but because of its value and economic value to the world as a free market capitalist financial center, they would operate under what they call the two China policy, where uh, I believe that's what it was called where Hong Kong would politically be under China, but economically be a non-communist um, part of China. At that time, Hong Kong had a, contributed at least of no less than 70% of the GDP of China. Today, do you know what that value has depreciated to? 2%. So imagine, the value of a part of that country 
going down from about 70% to 2% in less than 30 years. These economic changes are part of what is motivating people. But we cannot sit here and say, that is why. Because all over the world, people are having tough economic times. They're not necessarily reacting to it the same way these, these are. But whatever it is, we see the reactions and we see the agitation and we see the rising up of the people against their government. Let's take a look at this clip to, to kind of buttress my point. It was a highly symbolic act missed by most television cameras here today, but it won't be lost on Beijing. The tearing down of the Chinese flag. And this was not just anywhere. It happened at the iconic Star Ferry Terminal in Kowloon on the mainland side of the territory of Hong Kong. The protesters then tossed the flag into Victoria Harbour. <laughs> Beijing will regard this as a provocative insult to the one country side of Hong Kong's schizophrenic status. Earlier, thousands of protesters marked this, the ninth weekend of rallies in a row, by taking over Kowloon's equivalent of Oxford Street. These demonstrators and the powers that be may still be deadlocked, but there's no sign of fatigue on this, the pro-democracy side, and they know that what they are doing has the approval of most of their fellow Hong Kongers. One of the reasons that this crisis has gone on for so long is the complete absence of dialogue between the two sides. And until the Hong Kong government makes some concessions, these people will continue to turn out on the streets. These demonstrators are doing their talking with their feet. This movement is being sustained by the passions aroused by the belief that they are fighting to preserve their way of life. I live in Hong Kong, this is my home, and uh, I want to protect it. And I'm not sure if my sister is going to have kids, and I want them to have a good life to live. I want them to have a good place. Later, clashes again erupted with the police. Somehow this has become the new normal in what, just a couple of months ago, was one of the most reliably stable cities on Earth. It has been another disruptive day in the territory, but demonstrators will argue their actions are necessary, as once again, tens of thousands of them gave up their free time to defend their freedom. Friends, he said um, a couple of months ago, this was one of the most stable cities. Hong Kong has been on fire, so to speak, for a few years now. And it hasn't bubbled to the top of the press consistently. It comes and goes, it wanes. But we're going to look at another city and another part of the world where people are doing the exact same thing, but for totally different reason. What matters is not the reason why it's being done. What matters is what is being done. Okay, let's take a look at this.
ils vont dire c'est des gilets jaunes et, et, et on tombe dans le panneau à chaque fois. France now for a few years, consistently, almost every week, for totally different reason from what's going on in Hong Kong. But it doesn't end, it just keeps going on and on. Over the last 20, 30 years, there's been migration into France from North Africa, from um, further south in Africa, and from other parts of the world to the extent that even cities like Marseille in the south of France are now almost 50% immigrant. And it has raised a lot of tensions with the people. On top of that, the government in trying to maintain its welfare society is raising taxes on the people and trying to make benefits available to this added population, which is increasing tensions within the populations but also agitating the citizens against their government. Now, those are the reasons at the top. Remember what we said, we're not concerned so much about the reasons. What we're concerned with are the patterns, the patterns as they continue. We see the same pattern of behavior among different peoples in different climes for different reasons that tells you that they're all motivated by the same spirit. The reasons don't matter, not for our purposes. Now, in Haiti, about the same time that these whole Arab Spring and you know um, Hong Kong riots and everything started, about almost nine, 10 years ago, we had this devastating earthquake that hit Haiti. And Ever since that happened, Haiti has never been able to find itself. Now, Haiti is really important for one reason. It's not far from the United States of America, the most powerful country in the world. Haiti is being destroyed by financial aid. The rational perspective would be, oh, the people have gone through a tough time. Let's give them aid. Well, let's look at it like this. If the baker in Haiti makes money from baking bread and free bread is being brought into Haiti, how will he ever be able to rebuild his bakery? Because now, rather than buy bread from him, there's bread being imported. So the country is never able to find its feet, okay? And people don't ask themselves, why are all these United Nations troops stationed all over Haiti? What exactly are they doing there? We have talked before in other broadcasts about the United Nations and it being a strong arm of the Antichrist. And we've said this without apology. 
And you have to find out what it is doing in countries like Congo and Haiti and other parts of, of Central America. Okay, let's, let's take a look at what's going on in Haiti right now. Protests began on Friday night in Cairo near Tahrir Square, the epicenter of the Arab Spring uprising in 2011. Life hasn't been easy in Egypt since austerity measures were introduced after President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi came to power in 2014. Government figures show that one in three Egyptians lives in poverty. Frustrations were already bubbling to the surface after this former military contractor accused Sisi of wasting millions of dollars on luxury homes and hotels as many Egyptians struggle to make ends meet. Muhammad Ali began posting videos online this month from Spain, where he's in self-imposed exile. We just want to live in dignity. We want Sisi to step down. Enough is enough. Just leave. I miss my country. Many Egyptians have left the country. Why can't people who oppose the government stay in Egypt? Is it out of fear? Enough fear. Let's do this for Egypt so we can be free. Sisi has dismissed the allegations as lies. After mass anti-government protests in 2013, Sisi, then defense minister, led the military's overthrow of the country's first democratically elected president, Mohamed Morsi. Sisi then banned protests. In 2018, he secured a second term in office. Human Rights Watch says he did it through a campaign of intimidation, violence, and arbitrary arrests against political opponents and activists. In the past few years, those who have taken part in smaller protests have been put behind bars. But these people say they're willing to risk jail time to get Sisi out of office. So that was Egypt, and the same thing has been going on in Egypt now for about 10 years. I couldn't get the um, video on Haiti, but right now in Haiti, there are riots going on. The same thing, looting, people being killed, being shot by the police and all of that. Friends, everything you just saw is coming to a city near you very soon. Now, let's look at what Jesus said about these events because they were foretold. He did speak about them. If you go with me to the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter, from verse 4, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's encouraging. Verse 7 For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes, like happened in Haiti. 10 years ago in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. That those of you who want to stand for this word, those of you who want to bring reason from the mind of God 
to the lunacy that's taking total control of this world. It says, verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended. Offended means not that you get angry, but you become demoralized. Many shall become demoralized and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Okay. Let's look at the same Matthew chapter 24, but we're going to go to verse 21. Okay. Okay, so from verse 21, Jesus says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Notice that they. Verse 25 says, Behold, I have told you beforehand. Friends, a great deception is at play. A great deception is at play. Uh, a, a quick fix is about to be offered to us if we no longer want to live under economic hardship, if we no longer want to live under political turmoil. The Antichrist is about to bring in a quote solution to our problems. We need to stay vigilant. Let's look at the same Matthew chapter 24 and we'll take it from verse 36. This is Jesus speaking now. He says, For of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Now, when the flood came, two were in the field. One was taken, the other was left. Two women were grinding, one was taken, the other left. The flood didn't take them to a nice place. 
this here is telling you that a flood is coming. But what is the flood? The scriptures tell us that the dragon, Satan, opened his mouth and brought out a flood to take away the woman and the rest of her children. The scriptures tell us that the prophet that teaches lies is the head. So the whole world is going to be given a strong delusion which it already has begun to receive so that when people like myself and yourself begin to try to wake people up with this message, they're fast asleep. You sound like you're speaking a foreign language to them. They don't see the pattern. They don't see that they're being set up like sheep for the slaughter. And what we're doing is taking these current events and going to scripture to analyze what is happening so that you can see for yourself that the times, they are changing. Let's look at, here we go. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now, when you read what we're reading here is the revelation, which is the which is talking, which is futuristic. So it's not talking about when he says Babylon. Don't think about Babylon that existed like, you know, like 3,000 years ago. That's not what it's referring to. It's referring to the system of the world in which we live in today. The economic and financial system of the world is Babylon because it has the people in captivity. The political systems is Babylon. And so when it's telling you Babylon is falling, it's not like some people want to tell you it's America, it's Jamaica, it's this. It's more than that. It's the very systems by which we live our lives. The school system is Babylon. The educational system is Babylon. Okay? The entertainment world is Babylon. Okay? You are living in Babylon, but you don't even recognize it. And notice what it says, verse 3. For all nations, that includes you, have drunk of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The kings of the earth, here is not talking about like the queen of England, the king of you know, Spain. It's talking about those who have come to believe in Christ. Those are the people referred to as the kings of the earth. It says, for the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, What? Come out of her, my people. It's talking to you. Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins 
have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Friends, that is why these things are taking place in the world. The world, the earth is beginning to get into turmoil because the time for the end of Babylon has come. The time that God will establish his own government is coming. And you have a choice to make a decision on where you will be when this government of Christ is, um, is, is, is revealed and established on earth. We have done our part in bringing this message across to you. And we have shown you via this message the way to go to save not just yourself, but those whom you love, those whom are, who, who you care for, and your friends, and your family. Don't keep us a secret. Share our videos. Like our videos. Subscribe to our channels. I can't tell you enough how important it is for you to subscribe to this channel. If you want this message to go out, don't just share the video. Share the videos, subscribe to the channel so that it can have worldwide audience, so that many will be saved due to the little act of you pressing a button. Well, friends, I want to thank you so much for your time. I hope you've been able to see that the turmoil that is going on in the different, and by the way, we just showed you two or three you know, clips of diverse places on earth. I couldn't find the one in Haiti. But look, I'm sure you know of other places, but after today, you're going to be able to see these things going on and see them differently and understand that these things are ushering in the one world government of the Antichrist. Well, you don't have to be a part of that. You don't have to lose hope. You have been given guidance now. And I believe that you will make the right decision. So until next time, I'm your guide, Michael Obey. Thank you for watching. Goodbye.